This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. And we're live. What? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Twisty Pod. This just so happens to be the 50th web show spectacular. I've been making that joke on my own, like just to me from me for the past week. And it's not even funny. It isn't. But here I am thinking like I'm iCarly on the Twisty Pod with my 50th web show, Spectacular. And this is actually a very special episode because I'm doing something that I told myself I would do for a very long time. And here we are, our first ever video podcast. Now, I'm very nervous about this for a whole number of reasons. This might be a very short and sweet episode because first and foremost, I'm worried about the technology, if I'm going to be honest. I don't know how this is going to go. Spare me, but Mercury is still in retrograde, so I have to be cautious about my technology. That is a huge and real thing. Try me. Second, uh, you know, normally when I record the podcast, I'm huddled in a closet. I'm grungy. I'm, I don't want to say sweaty, but you know, I just, I don't look good because I've never had to. And I still don't really want to make that a promise, even though we're adding in this video element. The only reason I might look even an ounce more put together than usual today is because I have just come back from the hair salon, and I'll get to that in a second. But the reason I've held back from wanting to do a video element for so long, even though I've known I could do it, I just have always gotten nervous because one, first and foremost, a podcast is a podcast for a reason. Adding in the other element of a video kind of makes it more of a, well, web show. It makes it more of an an entertainment thing, and that's fine, but Every show that I watch, like let's say I'm a big fan of a certain podcast, and if I prefer to watch them on YouTube or whatever platform, it's because they have incredible quality. Like it's a huge production, it's a great setup. There's a reason why you would turn it on on YouTube as opposed to just opening up Spotify, etc. So the fact that I'm even trying this huddled in the corner of my office with little to no decoration. Like, do you see how I'm trying to show you I have pops of color in in this corner? (laughs) I basically have been wanting to redesign this little area for a while. So it does give me a good or better excuse to get started on that. But here I am like in my rinky dink home is all I'm saying. And all these other people have these incredible sets. So I think I just always felt intimidated because why would you watch when you could just listen for the exact same 
experience. But you know what? I'm going to elevate this as much as I can. I'm going to show you as much as I want. (laughs) That sounds weird, but we're going to have a good time with it because honestly, there are so many things that I wish I would have recorded or excuse me, filmed already. Like even interviews that I've done, some of the guests that I've had are just so fascinating and I would have loved to have documented that in video form. I was just talking to my stylist today about how cool it is that I will often vlog or just, I don't know, like capsule moments of my life. This is another thing you're going to see on the video podcast. All I do is talk with my hands. I've never known this about myself. Look at me. I've never known this about myself until I started my channel or until I started editing so much footage of me. I am constantly just miming. Like I should have gone to mime school. I'm in the wrong profession. So sorry if that's absolutely nauseating. I'll try to knock it off, but you're probably used to it from watching my videos. But yeah, so I was telling my stylist, it's so neat that I'll get to go and do something. Even Keith and I's outdoor adventure, what was that, two, three weeks ago now, I recorded our hike and I'd never done something like that before. And I always have a really hard time when I'm on a hike absorbing things. I get very hooked in on my steps. I get very hooked in on trying not to fall. Like I worry so much about, I guess just step by step instead of like taking in my surroundings, enjoying the moment, painting a picture in my memory. And now that I have video documentation, I have video evidence. What am I trying to say? Oh my gosh. It's like 10 PM at night. I'm a little bit out of it. It's been a day. But anyways, it's so neat that I have those memories just stored forever on the internet, and now you get to watch all of them. So let's address the elephant in the room and quite literally on point with the color. That is my hair. (laughs) This might be the first time that you're ever seeing this because this is the first piece of content that you'll probably see, hopefully if you're watching, uh, with my new hair. But I have been on a big journey with my hair. And I might have outlined it in the past, but I will regurgitate it now. So I believe it was the winter of 2018. I had a dream of wanting silver hair. And when I say silver hair, I don't mean warlock. (laughs) I mean Daenerys from Game of Thrones. I mean Billie Eilish circa like 2013. I'm thinking ashy, a little bit of that platinum blonde undertone while also at the same time like total silver fox vibes. That's the overall goal. We're not saying that we've achieved it, but you know, that was the dream. And I had never dyed my hair before in my life. I'd always been too nervous, also a little bit stingy if I'm going to be honest because dyeing your hair is expensive and in some ways people might look at it as a waste of money. I understand. But I just felt like I loved my natural hair and I'd always heard, don't touch it. The minute that you dye your hair, it's never going to be the same again. And who's to say if that's true? Maybe it is to some degree, but I let it consume my interest in dyeing my hair, even though that's such a silly thing to be so hooked on. Like, oh, my natural hair will never be the same again. First of all, I didn't damage my hair in any sense. So I can say that 
at least texture wise, my hair feels exactly the same. Nothing's changed about the way that my hair even, I don't know, feels in the shower or when I get out. Like if anything, it's probably healthier now because I'm actually taking care of it. But I really just strayed away from my desire to have silver hair because I wanted to save money and I was just honestly too nervous. So it was basically two or three years in the making of me denying, denying, denying this pounding interest of mine to have the silver hair. And finally, I don't remember like what was the final moment I just said, I'm going to do this. But sometime around November of 2020, might have been near my birthday or something, I just kind of said, you know, I hate my hair. I started to pick everything apart with my natural hair. Because once that idea was itching around in my mind again, I think it's because, you know, I'm underlyingly a winter warlock that when the winter rolls around, I start to feel like the silvery vibes come back into play. And all of a sudden I'm like, I've got to dye my hair. I have to be a winter warlock. Like that is the goal. So in November, I remember just looking up a few different salons. I was on Pinterest. I was trying to find different suggestions for colors or inspiration, you know, those Pinterest boards and whatnot. And I just kind of was like, we're doing it. We have to do this. I've talked about it for two and a half years. I'm tired of being the person that says they're going to do something and holding on to some sort of morality for what? Like I had no real reason to not dye my hair. So uh, I'm an adult. I can do that if I want to. And I decided I'm just going to go for it. And this is where, you know, Taylor's ignorance comes in because as I mentioned, I had never dived into the world of hair dye. I didn't know a a lick about it. Not a single stinking thing. All I knew about my hair was that, you know, I should shampoo it maybe every other shower or not every other shower, like every four days or so. Thank you to Jonathan Van Ness. I grew up washing my hair every single day. Thank you, mom. Thankfully, it didn't ruin my hair. Maybe it did. But here I am now with so much more knowledge about my hair because I've taken the time to learn about it. I digress. So I knew nothing. I thought I was going into the salon when I booked my appointment and I was going to come out the exact color that I wanted. I thought I was coming out Taylor Woods Winter Warlock. Like that was going to be the new title. Little did I know that that's not exactly great hair uh, etiquette or upkeep. If you did that to your hair from the little knowledge that I have or have been told, it really wouldn't end well. Like you could do that. You could basically bleach the heck out of it and tone and tone and tone. But uh, I think in the end, your hair might fall out. Bad things could happen. It's healthier for your hair to do this gradual path. So the date was, I think, December 26th, 2020. I go into the salon. I'm trying to get my hair done. My stylist is absolutely phenomenal. I'm obsessed with her. And I still didn't even know. I'm sitting in the chair at the salon. I still didn't even know that I was walking out of there just a little bit of a more heightened blonde because beforehand I was basically brunette, brunette with strawberry blonde undertones. That's what my winter hair was looking like. And I go into the salon. I'm sitting there and she finishes up and my hair is basically blonde and I think I remember politely asking, oh, like, 
is it going to look more silver later? Like maybe once I shower, later on in the day, like, hey, what's what's the dealio? I didn't understand. And she's like, no, like, you know, it looks looks more blonde right here. Like I can see kind of silvery right right here. And there was a whole lot of elements going on. Number one, the salon has horribly yellow lighting. So even right now, if you can see how gray my hair is in the moment, and by gray, I mean silver, and I refuse to acknowledge that it might be gray, it looked yellow because of the yellow lighting. Like that's just how rooms work. They reflect. So I was just kindly like, oh, I I just, I guess I just didn't really understand. I I thought my hair was going to be a bit more silver. And she essentially told me that if I did what I wanted to do and I immediately overnight went to this silver fox look, my hair might either fall out, it might just not turn out well, or it could turn green. Like think little kid in swimming pool when blonde hair reaches chlorine. Growing up, if you had blonde hair or even just lighter hair to begin with, if you ever went in a swimming pool, your hair would turn green because there was so much chlorine in those public spo- in those public pools that it would mess with your hair. Like I had green every summer of my life. My hair was undertones green and it was horrible. I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't care, but it didn't look very good. So imagine having that as an adult. I told her that, you know, I'm I'm on camera often and she's so beyond respectful and kind of that and always gets a bit nervous that if something went wrong, you know, I would always have to be reminded of it every time I turn on the camera. So this is the most gray that I've been. And I want to say this might have been maybe my fourth treatment at this point. So that's actually pretty good. I think that my hair lifted this well. And I mean, I'm speaking out of my butt here. I don't even know if any of this is true, but it's it's very, very light. I'm going to take off my headphones so you can you can actually see what this is like. Up top, we've got kind of like this whitish yellow. And then on the sides, we're kind of borderline silver. Not admitting it, but gray. I just, I don't want to be defined in the gray category. That's why I'm avoiding it. Uh, and even like some blues and purples. So kind of the whole gray spectrum is on my head right now. And here's the thing. I love it. I love it. If it was even like a little bit more platinum or ashy, I'm so sold. And I don't know, like it's such a different look for me. Maybe you hate it. And if you do, that's fine. It's not your head of hair. You don't have to wear it. I do. But I don't know. I think I just... Think back to my previous mindset where I was so scared to show expression with my hair. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And it's hair. I mean, it grows, it changes, it falls out. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. And if something weird happens, you know, you, you're patient, you wear a bald cap if you want. Bald cap. <laughs> I meant to say ball cap. So I'm nervous. I'm nervous to debut it, I guess, because it's kind of weird when you share so much of your life on the internet. You're kind of allowing yourself to be open to other people's opinions or they're just going to share whether or not it's positive. 
But I'm letting you all know now that I really like it and it's fun. And I don't know if I would ever do a more fashion color. I think that's what it's called, like blues or reds or yellows, like the very vibrant ones. I would maybe, maybe consider some sort of blue somewhere for like a hot sec. I think you can get those almost like chalk things that wash out and you can either spray them on or write them on. I don't know. But if I was ever considering it, that would be the route that I would choose. I would need to do something temporary because uh, one, I can't commit to decisions and two, I'm just a nervous chicken. So this is the boldest I've ever been as far as expressing myself on my body. It's just wild. Speaking of expressing myself, I'm wearing shorts right now, folks. Celebrate the day because Taylor's wearing shorts. If I didn't say it once, I'll say it again. Wear the darn shorts, baby. It's summer 2021. Life is too stinking short to be mean to ourselves, to be criticizing ourselves. Put on the dang shorts. You know you're going to look good in them. And find ones that flatter you and then buy them in like 90 colors. That's my motto. Well, not exactly, but I'll make it one. So before I actually announce this. I actually didn't even announce that I was doing video podcasts. This is the first time right now you're hearing it live. But I shared on the Twisty Pot Instagram story just a little question box because I was kind of curious what you all thought this was going to turn out to be. Like what was my big surprise? I said, we've got our 50th episode coming up, which this is the 50th episode. Web show spectacular. So I wanted to do something fun. Obviously, this is the big surprise. And I hope you're not disappointed. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. But I uh, I wanted to ask you all like what you, you were thinking was going to be happening here. And some of your guesses, I mean, they were so stinking cute. I also pulled out these glasses to add like a little bit more of a fun prop to the show. I'm obsessed with these. And I know... <laughs> I know I look like watermelon sugar, Harry Styles, but I can't stop, won't stop, you know? Like they they were in my costume box, which is right next to where I'm sitting. Yes, I do have a costume box and you should too. And I couldn't not. Like what a fun incentive to get you to go to YouTube and watch. So that's another thing. If you're, <laughs> this is, shows how organized I am. I haven't even told you like, if you're listening on Spotify, how to watch what we're talking about right now. So Ever since I started my podcast, I've always had a YouTube channel for Don't Get It Twisted. And every single week, just like I upload to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., I also upload to YouTube. It's got its own YouTube channel. If you go to my channel, it's actually, I believe, a featured channel there. So if you can't find it, look for it on my own channel. But every single backlog of Don't Get It Twisted is there just in its audio form. I just had a few requests at the very beginning of starting the podcast for people who maybe just didn't have a Spotify subscription or just wanted another easier way to listen for me to upload it to YouTube. So I think it's got, you know, just a few loyal friends who want to go and watch, which I really, really appreciate. But if you are interested in watching the video podcast, just go over there, subscribe to the channel and comment on this video. Um, <laughs> this is actually really cool. I I am so giddy right now because I'm nervous, obviously. But 
it's so funny with podcasts. Sometimes you're very much speaking into the void because it's not like YouTube where if I do something, you want to comment on it. You just comment on the video or you respond to an Instagram story. Podcasts are basically like you send them off into the universe and you see the numbers come in or you don't or whatever. And that's kind of it. You know, it's not very back and forth. And some people will leave reviews like on Apple Podcasts. You can leave reviews. I wonder if they're going to add that onto Spotify. But as of now, I don't think that they do. And reviews are really important. It's helpful for your podcast itself and getting recommended to other people. That's why you probably hear a lot of creators say, go rate my podcast, blah, 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 which you should. And that's a great way to support people that you love to listen to or watch. But it's going to be neat being able to have like that other extra element of corresponding back with you because I hate feeling like I'm putting myself on this pedestal because I have a podcast thinking I'm cooler than everybody else. I'm taking off my glasses. I sound like so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like listening to myself talk about like being egotistical and I'm it wasn't a good look. So that's a great way to support if you're looking for different ways to do so or even just subscribe. It would be so fantastic if you did and it's free and easy. So some of your suggestions as far as the 50th web show spectacular surprise. The top answer, I don't know why I was so surprised by this. Merch. Every single one of you was thinking I was coming out with merch, which is a very kind thing, I suppose, that you would even be interested in that. I don't remember the brand, but there is maybe a small Instagram store that I've come across once or twice that makes really stinking cute sweatshirts. And one of them says, don't get it twisted all across the top. And it's adorable. And I wish that I could almost like collab with them and be like, hey, I have this podcast it's sort of the same name. <laughs> want, to, want to do something together? I guess I could reach out. That's silly of me. But either way, I thought it was really, really funny when I saw that. And I thought it was the cutest phrasing and, and font and everything. Phrasing. <laughs> it's the same phrase. Really creative. Love that phrase. Don't get it twisted. Super smart, unique, talented, fun. <laughs> what is happening to me tonight? It's 10 p.m. on a Friday. What does this say about my life? I don't know. Anyways, Don't Get It Twisted merch is something I've always wanted to do, but I never really knew if there would be a demand for it if you'd actually want something. So it's cute that so many of you put that in as your guess. I love merch. I all my life have just been a merch lover, a merch purchaser, merch supporter. Now the word merch is sounding not like a word. And anytime any creator that I used to love growing up would come out with something, I was immediately on board. Like, boom, I'm ready. I'm there. I've got my wallet out or my parents' wallet out, let's be honest. So anytime I have like this little inkling to make my own sort of collection or just clothes in general, it makes me really, really nostalgic and very humbled that I would even be in a position to create something that I used to and still absolutely love. Like just the idea, the concept of merch is so stinking cool. And even just the other day, I put on my Christmas merch because I was just sort of in the spirit. I was filming it for a video. You'll see that tomorrow. But it was it, like cute. It was a cute little moment where I'm like, wow, I, I guess I really 
I really did that. I made Christmas merch, which is so random. But if that isn't me to a T, I honestly don't know what is. Another huge guess from the Instagram was for Mr. Keith. Guessing that Keith is going to be on the Twisty Pod. He's involved in some way, blah, 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 blah. And honestly, I have been thinking that Keith needs to get back on the podcast. I just don't know what he would want to talk about. And now that we have this video element, I really don't know how he would how he would feel. I could do it, you know, like a little spooky, little sneaky anonymous, little cheeky thing where, you know, he's sitting in front of me, but you couldn't, you can't see him. But you guys would want to see him, you know, like you'd want to be able to interact with him. And at that point, I'm going to probably need a better setup because I would need <laughs> more equipment that's actually made for this kind of stuff. <sighs> Sometimes I'm like, Taylor, what hole are you digging yourself into right now? What is happening? Uh, but yes, if you if you want Keith back on the podcast, let me know in the in the comments what you want him to talk about. Um, he's starting a new job soon. I guess that's kind of a big fun thing. And previously, when he was on the podcast, I don't think he talked about it too much. But he was formerly in property management, real estate of sorts. And now he's done like a big career shift. So maybe if there would be questions about that, like what that transition is like or how and why he made that decision to shift from something so drastic. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I, I love offering bits of advice on things outside just fitness and stuff too if I have something to actually speak on. I guess I could even share bits of my own transition myself from from hotel life to podcasting or YouTubing, whatever, but that was kind of more of an accident. You know, it wasn't like I intentionally went from one industry to the next. It was sort of just the way life worked. (laughs) Fueled Foodie said that I feel like I would do something with Christmas, which ironically enough today is exactly halfway to Christmas. So happy halfway to Christmas, everyone. Happy halfway to the holiday season, we can do this. We only have six more months. Rocking it. We've got this. I don't even think that 2020 holiday season was a real thing. It truly was so different and so abnormal. Nice. This is the kind of content that you get to view on the twisty channel. <laughs> Dropping things left and right. Yeah, so 2020 Christmas was just, it was different. It was still really fun. I was able to just have a Christmas with Keith here in our apartment with Reese, and that was incredible. And I don't know what we would have done if we were going to travel somewhere, you know, 2020 aside, and Reese wasn't able to come. Like, that's, of course, now a huge part of how we plan trips and how we think about things, just incorporating having a dog. But yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like we didn't have a holiday season. So I think that we need to go big and go home in 2021 for the holiday season because we have to make up for it. And I'm not one of those people that's like, eh, well, you know, it happened. 2020 was a bust and we're moving forward. No, complete opposite. We need to double down. We got to have more fun than we've ever had in our lives. We've got to do more things than we've ever done in our life. It's the only way to proceed. Of course. Katie wanted an entire podcast about pretzels which I could offer more information on. And it's sort of ironic that I've never gone down this 
path before. I've never talked about pretzels in depth. This, I love you all. Like, I love you that that would be something that you'd want to even hear from me. (laughs) My information on pretzels. So I love all pretzels, all sorts, all types, all kinds, all textures. I've almost never met a pretzel that I didn't like. There's very, very few. There's certain brands I prefer, but I will almost never say no to a pretzel unless it's stale or old or just, you know, gross or something. But as far as tops, like if we're speaking my favorites from every category, obviously my favorite soft pretzel is going to be from Disneyland, but you know, that's not exactly accessible or easy to get or even cheap. <laughs> I feel like last time I was there, it was probably 450, 475. I wouldn't be surprised if it's $5 or more now, 550. Watch it be like $7 and I just haven't been in so long. My friend and I used to be extraordinarily good at guessing prices of every snack at Disneyland. Like that's how often we would go because we were there all of the time and we loved the snacks. It's very hard to beat Disneyland snacks. I mean, you think popcorn, you think pretzels. I was going to say snow cones. Absolutely not snow cones. There is not snow cones. Ice cream, like churros. <sighs> churros, golly gee. That's a whole other beautiful subject we could dive into. But yeah, so soft pretzels, always going to be a safe bet at Disneyland, of course, but more mainstream, I suppose, at least if you're, I don't know, in a mall. Annie Ann's, I think, is supreme. Annie Ann's is probably better quality than Wetzel's, but I would still eat both, if I'm going to be honest. Wetzel's is, a, Wetzel's is just a bit more greasy. Then, I mean, if you're not talking like chains, obviously, any of my listeners or viewers, oh my gosh, I can say viewers now. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Anybody listening or watching in Europe is going to by default, have much better quality pretzels than I could ever have here. I still remember the first time I got off the plane when I was going to Europe for the very first time. I was flying by myself because I was studying abroad and I stopped in Dusseldorf. That was my first, I guess my first leg because I went to Dusseldorf and then I went down to Munich, of course. I'm like, whoa. Hello, major city. So I stopped in Dusseldorf and I had maybe like an hour or two layover and I immediately just booked it to the pretzel stand and the Haribo stand. Haribo, Haribo. (laughs) So basically I wanted gummy bears and I wanted a pretzel. And I don't even know, I mean, maybe somebody can correct me, but I don't think I remember them being called pretzels. I think I remember it being a different word. And I was super confused because I wanted to go up and be like, hi, one pretzel, please. But there wasn't like the word pretzel next to the baked good, like in the window, anywhere I went in uh, any of like the Eastern countries that would have that sort of baked goods in their shops. So I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't ever learn like the proper term for it, considering I'm calling myself like such a pretzel girl. But of course, anything that you're going to get at one of those bakery shops, etc., is going to be just supreme in quality, in taste, ugh, everything. The only stranger difference, and I don't know if this is everywhere or just where I was going, but most of the time they're served cold, like a loaf of bread or something from your grocery store. 
Whereas most of the time in America, like let's say you're going to Annie Ann's, not saying that that's more authentic, but that's the way that, you know, we were growing up, we would go to things like Annie Ann's and they would always be extraordinarily warm, delicious. And you could choose your different styles. If you wanted salt, you wanted cinnamon sugar, you wanted whatever that one was with almost like a pizza that had cheese and pepperoni and stuff on top. That's such an American thing. Like you really dive deep into this and you're like, wow, we have different styles of pretzels to order. And everyone who actually invented the pretzels just laughing at us like, you do what to your pretzel? But it's so good. The cinnamon little twist or those little bites are so stinking yummy. I love those so much. But I don't often get soft pretzels just because I'm not often around them. Like that's definitely a downside of being American. (laughs) I'm kidding. But bagged pretzels, um, it really depends on where you're shopping. But I'm going to say across the board, my all-time favorite, like you can count on it probably being at your local grocery store, is from the brand Rolled Gold. You probably recognize it as... (laughs) I'm like describing the pretzels. You probably recognize the bag to be gold and blue. And their pretzels are specifically superior in the tiny twist form, which basically is what you think of as a pretzel shape, but, you know, a little bit smaller, like a little small mini pretzel. Those are the best ones. Rolled Gold also makes really good sticks, but Snyder's is a competing brand. They... (laughs) They make really good rods, pretzel rods, and those are particularly good for dipping because they're extraordinarily big and they taste very good with cream cheese. That's an old-fashioned Woods family snack. And by old-fashioned, I mean quite common, (laughs) but those are usually my go-to favorites. If I'm at like a random specialty store or even if I go back east, like where my grandma's from, they have more... um, I'm going to say it wrong. This is going to be embarrassing. The brand is UTZ. I don't know if it's Oots, Oots, Oots's. It's one of those. I'm going to probably keep saying UTZ because I don't want to embarrass myself. But they have really good pretzels, but we don't often have those as regular on the West Coast as they probably do on the East Coast. It might be the exact same thing with Snyder's and Rolled Gold. I'm not exactly sure. But if you, I don't know much about UTZs to recommend a certain style, but I feel like you can't go wrong with some type of tiny twist vibe or sticks vibe. However, if you go to Costco and if your Costco has this, then bless your Costco and kiss every single employee. But they're sourdough pretzels that come in a barrel. It's about yay big absolutely massive. It's um, clear. Like you can look at all of the pretzels in the barrel and they have the best crunch, the most perfect amount of salt. Everything about the flavor is just spectacular. It's, I want to say from San Francisco Sourdough Baking Company. That might be the brand, but either way, try them if you can find them and then buy like six barrels because they're that good. I think when I was little, I used to sit down with a whole barrel and maybe finish it. And that's very impressive. (laughs) Toots my own horn. That's, that's very impressive of me. No, but it's, 
<laughs> that's how things were. I used to just sit down with my bag of pretzels and I still do, of course, from time to time. But nowadays I'm like, okay, well, you're going to make yourself sick. Let's grab a bowl. We're going to grab a bowl before we just sit down with the whole barrel of pretzels. Sorry, I'm scooting so much because my shorts are starting to ride up and I was getting uncomfortable, which just sh- just goes to show wear the darn shorts. Um, not indoors though. Wear something more comfortable. Every time I just sit back for a moment and think I used to sit at a desk all day long in maybe a pencil skirt, can I say words? Pencil skirt in not trousers. <laughs> trousers, Taylor, what word is that? No, like slacks um, or like a stiff kind of dress, high heels and a blazer every single day, five days a week, about mm, eight to 530 every single day. Uh, It makes me want to cry a little bit. It makes me very sad. Um, I still think about how much wrist pain I used to have, how much back pain, butt pain even. I don't know. Even my shoes would hurt. Or not my shoes. (laughs) My feet would hurt from having to wear the high heels all of the time. And I didn't have like different options. I remember finding it really difficult to find a good in between. If I didn't have a heel, then it might've been a flat, but flats are extremely uncomfortable. And I always felt like I got blisters from wearing flats. And if we're going to be honest, like they're just, they're most of the time, not that cute. We're just, we're going to flat out say it. So I didn't exactly love any of my shoe choices. I was constantly uncomfortable and I constantly felt like I didn't know how to walk properly because I either had blisters or my feet hurt or I was just tired. And there was, I think, I don't know if she was a PT or something, but she'd come around and she'd adjust where we were sitting at our desk to make sure that we were the most comfortable or that we weren't overstraining our wrists or maybe our back or whatever. And she would basically watch us as we typed and she'd be like, maybe you should lower your desk or you should sit a little bit higher or whatever. And one of the biggest things, and maybe this is like a good tip to share. Look at me, tips out the hoo-ha. Um, she would come around and most of the time she'd end up having to put stacks of paper under everybody's monitors because most people worked at a desk with a desktop. And most of the time the desk was, you know, it's like boob height or something, maybe a little bit lower. Well, at least for me, I'm five, two, I don't know. Uh, it was, it was about that height, but the monitors would be almost like you'd be looking down at them or they'd be maybe, I don't know, just like not in a good position. So she would put stacks of paper, like those prepackaged stacks of paper underneath everybody's monitors so that you were actually looking at the screen at eye level because it's super, super bad for you to be constantly looking down or even worse if it's too high up. So either way, basically what you want is for all of your alignments to be at the least stressful point, I guess, for your body. Like you want everything to be supernatural. Another good tip, if you have the liberty of having uh, a standing desk or even just a way to raise yourself to be in alignment with your desk, you should always be typing at a 90 degree 90 degree angle with your elbows. So if possible, you should be typing like basically with your elbows tucked in at your chest straight forward. Like that's where your keyboard should be. And also you don't want your keyboard lifted. 
if I think most keyboards, at least maybe like PCs, have those little stands on the back where you can elevate them. And I kind of used to love that. I thought that was the way that you were supposed to do it. But she'd come around and she'd always knock all of our keyboards down so they'd be completely flat because that's also, I think, pretty bad for your hands. If you have the ability to get one of those ergodynamic ones, huge, big game changer. When I first got my desktop for this desk at my actual house, I hated the mouse. I bought myself a MacBook or a Mac, whatever it's called. I don't know, one of the desktop ones. And the mouse it came with was this little tiny thing. It's just like a sliver. And my hand would hurt so badly because it was stuck in this like super uncomfortable, like almost clam position. I don't even know what this is, like a little crab. And I would walk away all day long, like just cracking my wrists. And I felt so, so uncomfortable. So I just went on to Amazon and I looked up most ergodynamic mouse. And the first one that popped up was this really strange mouse. I'll show you because I can. (laughs) You're going to totally laugh when you see this, but it's fantastic. So this is what it looks like. And it's essentially perfect for your hand to grip onto like this. So you edit or you do whatever on your computer with your hand like so instead of having it be kind of like this arched elevated backwards wrist motion that is extraordinarily painful. Probably not good for you after long days of working at your computer. And It's kind of just really cool looking. It took me maybe a day or so to get used to, but afterwards I just noticed immediately how positively it improved my editing experience or just my wrist. I didn't any longer have horrible pain that was really hard to stretch out, whatever. It was such, such a good investment. It was probably $20 or so. If you've ever noticed that you have weird wrist pain after sitting at your desk that doesn't feel normal to you, just see what little things that you can change at your setup. Can you lower your keyboard? Can you raise your monitors? Can you sit higher or stand if you can? Also, don't stand in heels. Oh my gosh, I made that mistake too. That's that's not good for you. Don't do that. But uh, find yourself some cute flats, I guess. But yeah, so, so worth the time. So worth the investment. I don't even know how I got myself onto this random ramble other than starting off by talking about Keith. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's really, really sad to think how our bodies are probably so negatively affected by just sitting at a desk working all day long, if that's what your job entails. So trying to enhance the experience in any way possible. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Okay. I'm going to skirt through the rest of these little guesses here. Somebody guessed a Twisty Pod workout app. And to that I say, that is the single greatest compliment I've ever received in my life that you would think I am that cool or that put together (laughs) to actually put out a Twisty workout app. I mean, all my respect to you, sincerely. That is so beyond kind. No, I do not have a Twisty workout app and... You know, I don't know. I think that would be a, a cool thing down the line, but I've I've always said that I won't ever do any sort of workout content, like suggesting this type of style or follow my routine, like, you know, per se, every single direction. 
until I'm actually certified in one sense. So, well, multiple senses, but I would even be interested in getting multiple certifications just because I don't think that you can ever learn enough. So I could never put my name on something without, I guess, like a little bit of merit to it, you know? I don't know. But either way, uh, workout apps, I've realized, are just so much work. Like if you watched the video I just posted from Lean with Lily's new app or Lily Sabri's new app, just even just corresponding back with her like here and there uh, or seeing her Instagram posts, you could just tell or sense how much she and her team and every team that does workout apps has to constantly be editing and changing things. And obviously like there's a whole lot of coding that has to go on for apps in general. They're extremely expensive to even just get into the app store and to develop in, in general. Oh my gosh. I want to say in college, there was a possibility of the club that I was in having an app in the app store. And I think it actually was there for a hot second, but it was ridiculously expensive. Like we are talking mid five figures just to have it there, like not even do anything to it. And that was the bare bones design. So obviously it's, it's very lucrative probably once you have these programs and all these subscriptions and whatnot, but just so much time and customization. And I mean, think about it. Like it's really difficult to get an app that is perfect in everybody's eyes. And I always am very cognizant of that when I do like any sort of review of a creator, their their dance workout, their app, whatever, because really and truly like it's it's their baby. And of course everybody can grow and change and make improvements and make sure that they're producing good quality ethical content. But at the same time, maybe if I don't like something two other people are going to say it's their absolute favorite or 2000 other people, you know? So it's, it's all subject to other people's opinions. And of course, that's why you put the app out. But at the end of the day, I'm sure it's just really difficult to just have like a lot of faith in what you've done and to feel so confident and competent, twisty reference uh, of what you've done and what you've put out and just kind of feeling proud of it, I guess. That would be something I'd be very nervous about because I'm a big, big perfectionist and I get nervous about uploading a stinky 15 minute video that, you know, just a few thousand people are going to watch. That even sounds wild to say out loud. A few thousand people are going to watch it, but it's true. And like you overanalyze everything, but then you do something like a huge product launch. Terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. And not to mention, I mean, when I post a YouTube video, that's free content. Anybody could log onto the internet and they could type in youtube.com slash Taylor Woods. Anybody could do that. That's free. It's available. And that's what makes YouTube so much fun. But with an app, you're also including people's money. Like that's the other element of elevating the experience. Of course, that's what they're paying for. But once you start adding in money, people start to also feel a lot more attached to the content that you're putting out because they feel like, well, I'm paying for the service. It needs to be this. It needs to be this. It needs to be this. And if you're not providing that value, then it's very easily taken away or they just cancel whatever. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many apps I've downloaded, tried seven day trials, month long trials because I forgot to cancel the seventh day trial or even worse. Sometimes that happens to me with the year long subscriptions. And at that point, I'm like, oh, 
gosh dang it, I guess I should like try to use this app. I did that with a calendar app, a planning app. I was so mad at myself because I didn't even like it. And I was trying to find one that worked with my vibe. And this one's just, it's strange. I'm not even going to lie. It's just pure strange. And I forgot to cancel my seven day trial. And here I am with like 11 months to go on this subscription. And I haven't opened it once because I don't like it. But I just paid accidentally, I don't know, 50 bucks for it. I'm like, I could have spent that somewhere else. I could have saved it or I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it's stressful. Even I think about that in such a smaller sense, like with merch. When I was putting out merch, I did it through a third-party company because I obviously don't own a warehouse. There isn't, there isn't any warehouses in the building. So I couldn't obviously manufacture the clothes myself. And a lot of what goes on in the process that I used was very trusting on my end that they would uphold their end, if that makes sense. Most companies would allow the creator or whomever to sample their products before they let them out into the world. My company didn't let me do that. And it's not my company, just the service I was using, but whatever. And it might've been from COVID. It might've been whatever, but I had to purchase as much stock or inventory as I could on my own at, you know, full price or whatever, because I wanted to at least approve what I was going to be putting out. And I'm so beyond glad that I did, because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have noticed how strange things were printing. And thankfully, the designer that I worked with, Alex, she's absolutely fantastic. I can still leave her information in the description because she's just, she's the coolest. And I'm so glad that she reached out or I found her or however. But Anyway, she was so kind about helping me make sure that reds weren't going to blend into whites because obviously I did so many Christmas designs. Santa looked like he was, I don't even know, like he looked ill for a second because everything was just blending together. And it was a really good learning experience because it always goes to show like you need to make sure that you're trialing everything. And I tried it on women of all sizes. I tried it in different types of materials. I tried it on different colors. I just wanted to make sure it was not only inclusive, but also affordable. It came out nice. And if you were spending your money on something that I created, I didn't want you to feel like you got it and it was ruined. Like one of my sweatshirts, it just, it just didn't turn out how I liked it. And I just had to scrap it all together. And it made me so beyond upset because I loved the way it looked in my mind, I guess, but you can't, you can't compromise like that level of trust. And like once that's broken between you and me, you know, we're pals here or just as like any kind of consumer, like if you have a bad experience with a store, like let's say you go shop at Forever 21, whatever, and you either have a bad experience with an associate, an employee, a manager, whomever, or you just, you don't like their clothes. They don't have your size. Everything fit weird. They have a bad return policy. People were mean. If there's any sort of red flags, especially your first exposure, you're not going to want to come back. Like it's very, very rare that you're going to be interested in turning around and saying, well, you know what? I'm going to give them a second chance unless there was something that also pulled you back in. Maybe it was their style, their good customer service, their kindness, whatever. You know, it's it's really important and it's a tricky thing that I don't take 
lightly. Like I never want to just be like, well, I feel like I should put out merch, so I'm going to. The reason I wanted to put out Christmas merch so badly is because it's so inherently who I am, like just a Christmas elf at heart. It's so cheesy, but it's really true. And I knew that it felt right. And yes, it was like a cute little small launch, but I loved it. And I'm so, so beyond glad that I did it because it felt right. And I think that's what you need to lean into in any sort of project or or thing that you're doing, you have to make sure that it also feels good to you. And it might be the perfect timing. It might be the the perfect partners to collab with, whatever it is. I don't know. I just, I'm like a very firm believer on believing in what I'm producing. You know, uh, the last little response that I wanted to share from the Twisty Pod Instagram is some of my favorite podcasts. And that's actually really cute because I don't think I share enough of some of my favorite podcasts. I'm going to open up my Spotify because I am a podcast fiend, lover, lover for life. And I always talk about this, but I was always a podcast listener myself, maybe even a viewer, you know, (laughs) referencing my stinky camera. Okay. So yeah, I, I always loved podcasts. And that was one of the reasons that I really wanted to start one for my own. One year ago, y'all, we are at the one year flipping mark. I can't even believe it. But I I always wanted to listen to my own passions. Like I even think about my YouTube content. I strictly watched fitness influencers or workout content when I was just a viewer myself. So it made sense that I wanted to also follow what I was passionate about in the content that I created. So that was the same thing that happened with the podcast. I just wanted to have this medium because I loved and respected it so much as a consumer. And it's kind of weird. I mean, I've gone through so many different phases with my podcast life. Like I used to listen to certain shows that now I don't listen to at all anymore. And it has, you know, like no disrespect to the podcast itself, but sometimes your interests just change or you just want to listen to something different. But I'm always on the side of like lighthearted, fun, enjoyable. That's that's my taste. But also I love podcasts that are going to teach you things in a really digestible way. Like the number one podcast I always love to recommend is Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness because I've learned so stinking much from his podcast. And he's always talking on topics that are either really important or just something I would have never looked into otherwise, just because maybe I had no idea there was even like that sort of niche. And he asked the questions to his guests who, you know, have all of the knowledge on the topic. He asked the questions that I would be asking. And I feel like I'm just on his level, which I really, really respect and appreciate because there's also so many podcasts that are just higher learning. That's actually another great podcast. And that is true. You know, like you're having deeper conversations. (laughs) That's a fantastic show. But you get my point. Like sometimes people are a little bit too smart for me to digest when I'm just trying to like unwind, relax, you know? So my favorite kind of weekly or daily podcast would be Chicks in the Office probably because it's a, I think three times a week podcast, they do pop culture and it's a barstool podcast. And I think it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to say. 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they do maybe four or five stories or so about what's just happening with celebrities, reality TV, but also just like good updates on their lives. And they live in Manhattan. And I wished I lived in Manhattan still. (laughs) I don't mean still. I spent one summer there. I act like I'm a flipping New Yorker. I'm not. I wish. But anyways, yeah, I I love that podcast. I think it's a really easy one to get into because you don't have to have any context. That is a weird thing about podcasts at times. Like I always worry about that even with my own. If people had never met me before, they'd never seen any of my content, they didn't even watch my YouTube channel, could they easily just jump right in, you know? I'm not sure. I would hope, but something like Chicks in the Office is just lighthearted. It's easy. And if you like kind of that celebrity gossip stuff, it's a great one. I'm not really into Real Housewives or any of the Bravo Network reality shows. And sometimes they do dive into that, but they also explain it pretty well. So it's easy to understand or you can just skip it, you know. Um, Comments by Celebs is another kind of more elaborate version of Chicks in the Office same sort of vibe where they also break down stories, but they break them down so well. If you've never heard of a, a single person they've talked about on the show, you're going to leave the episode having like a full understanding of their entire repertoire. Like it is so good and I just love their style. They've got like these very kind of soothing voices. They're just kind, soft-spoken. They're every single week they highlight a black-owned business. They're just a really, really good pair of women. And I like them. They also have a cute Instagram where, you know, lo and behold, they post comments by celebs. Who would have thought? To carry on (laughs) my obsession with pop culture, we also have the quite ironically named Obsessed podcast. And this is with Mary Beth Barone and Benito Skinner. This is fairly new. I want to say they just started their podcast in March. I've listened to every single episode. They're each 18 minutes long, I believe. And every single week, they just share one thing that they're both obsessed with. And it could be something, actually, it's always something completely, completely random. One week, Mary Beth did an episode where she was talking about all of the people that unfollowed her. And that was her obsession. Like she was obsessed with seeing people unfollow her, <laughs> which sounds like a little... um snooty, but they're both comedians. So it's super, super funny. And I want to say they're best friends. So they've got that great chemistry. And then Benito was talking about how he's obsessed with having proper etiquette for Venmo, which is such a real thing. Like he hates when people will immediately request him, like when they're sitting down at dinner and he's like, well, okay, just, you know, ruin the mood. Thanks so much. Really appreciate that. So it's, it's just very lighthearted, but it's funny because they're funny and it makes me just want to be absolute best friends with them. And it kind of, it hurts that I'm not, if I'm going to be honest. And if you don't follow them on Instagram either, both two fantastic follows. Um, I'll also give a shout out to my friend Sadie's podcast, The Friendly Wave. We love to see it. I miss her and I miss her like I've met her. But, you know, one day we'll hang out in England. I promise you, Sadie. If you want something that's a little bit more um, in-depth or you're actually going to take something away from it, Still Processing is a New York Times podcast. And that is hosted by Wesley Morris and Jenna Wortham. And I think I did a school project on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. Or I did something with Wesley Morris. 
So Reese is on the ground. <laughs> she just moved my camera. She's like fast asleep. So bless her. See, this is the sort of technical difficulties we're working with. This is episode one. Bless you if you're still with us. I mean, we're going to get better. We promise. Me and Reese, we're going to be a great team for you all to watch. Okay. Anyways, still processing. Great podcast. Um, The bio says that they are a weekly show about culture in the broadest sense. So they did one about song bridges and they kind of dissected driver's license and how iconic the bridge is in driver's license, the song, which I'm like, that's genius. That's so beyond true. But then they also take it a step further. And then they talked about I mean, at the time, this is when this was really popular. I think this was back in April. They talked about the Little Nas X scandal with his whole music video and everything that happened with that and kind of like the debacle of, is it bad to tell him like he should take this down? Is it right? Is it not? Like just dissecting these things from a higher learning perspective. And they don't have the answers, which I also appreciate. They're kind of just two good friends talking through things, maybe venting things out, offering a really interesting perspective, but they're not leaving or sharing every thought that they have as if it is the correct one, but really just trying to still process them. Who would have thunk? Okay, two final ones. Chatty Broads is a great one if you love The Bachelor. Like if you love Bachelor recaps, it's so fascinating how many podcasts there are that are specifically just Bachelor based. There has to be at least 20. And that's from people who have been on the show even. Becca was on the show, one of the co-hosts, but the other co-host was not. But even still, I mean, It is such a moneymaker for Bachelor Nation. I was just having this little thought with myself today as I'm sitting, you know, doing nothing. (laughs) It's just thinking how wild it is that so many people go on The Bachelor and how widespread Bachelor Nation gets once they're off the show. And obviously, like a lot of people know that, like that's why they want to go on the show. And also that's why the show has slowly disintegrated because people can't. I don't know, find their morals and values in the same way that they used to before the social media hype and the expectation of 1 million subscribers or followers or whatever. Uh, Of course, some people have true intentions, but it's always probably in the back of their minds. You know, how could it not be? So anyways, Chatty Broads is a really great, I think, level-headed review of the show and they do not shy away from critiquing things. Like it's not just all roses for lack of a better term they really break things down they're very very critical and sometimes it's just fun to talk through things I don't have cable so I only watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette the following day on Hulu thank you to my parents for that subscription service but I don't have like anybody to break it down with because everybody that would be watching it would be watching it on Monday so it kind of feels like you're breaking down the show with two good friends which is really fun And then last podcast suggestion would be pretty basic, which is Alicia Marie and Remy Ashen's podcast. I want to say they're either starting or they're about to start their own video podcast too. So if you liked this, you'll probably like theirs a lot more because they're not just sitting in the corner of their room. Oh my gosh. But that's, that's all for me, folks. And I don't know how we made it to, you know, 50 minutes or so, but here we are. 
I love you all so much. And I feel very, I'm going to get cheesy. I feel very honored and just humbled by even the opportunity to expand upon my podcast to add in this other element. Let me know if you like it. Let me know maybe what you want to improve. I'm going to get my plaque put up here. And that's not to brag because I I get nervous that it feels like it's a brag moment. It's just the only spot on my wall that it's going to look good. So this empty, she's sleeping. Oh my God, she's going to do it again. (laughs) Reese. I have to go before she just keeps moving my camera. It's going to tip. Just wait. I'm going to put the black here. So this is a little bit more full and maybe get some, some cute lights or stuff. But Honestly, how cool would it be if I had one of those neon signs? Like, I feel like you don't have a podcast until you have a neon sign, you know? I don't know, man, but I love you all so much. And I'm grateful for an entire year of the Twisty Pod podcast. If you're just joining me now, or if you've been with me from the start, I love you. I appreciate you. This has been one of the funnest projects, quote unquote, that I've done. And it's been an absolute pleasure And I'm just so grateful for you. So don't forget to subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Comment down below what you thought. Update suggestions, comments, responses. Give it to me. Give it a thumbs up. Um, And also, if you're listening on Spotify or wherever else, leave me a five-star review. I don't think you could actually do that on Spotify, but head on over to Apple Podcasts just for me. But I love you all so, so stinking much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. <laughs> I didn't know what to say.